0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. ON SOMETHING by Hilaire Belloc CHAPTER Fifteen, CADWALLA Cadwalla, a prince out of Wales, though some deny it, wandered in the Andred's Weald, He was nineteen years of age, and his heart was full of anger for wrong that had been done him by men of his own blood, for he was rightfully heir to the throne of the kingdom of Sussex, but he was kept from it by the injustice of men. A retinue went with him of that sort which will always follow adventure and exile. These the rich of the sea-coast and of the Gwent called broken men, but they loved their lord so he went hunting feeding upon what he slew and proceeding from steading to steading in the sparse woods of andred where is sometimes an open heath and sometimes a mile of oak and often a clay swamp and seen from little lifted knolls of sand where the broom grows and the gorse the downs to the south like a wall as he so wandered upon one day he came upon another man of a very different fashion, for Cadwalla would have nothing to do with the cross of Christ, nor with the customs of the towns, nor with the talk of foreign men. But this man was a bishop, wandering, and his name was Wilfrid. He also had his little retinue, and by an accident of his office or of his exile he had proceeded to a steading in the heaths and the woods of the Weald, where also was Cadwalla. So they met. The pride and the bearing of Wilfrid, seeing that he was of a Roman town and an officer of the state and the bishop to boot, nay, a bishop above bishops, was not the pride Cadwalla loved, and the young man bore himself with another sort of pride, which was that of the mountains and of pagan men. Nevertheless, Wilfrid put before him with Roman rhetoric and with uplifted hands the story of our Lord and Cadwalla, keeping his face set during all that recital, could not forbid this story to sink into the depths of his heart, where for many years it remained, and did no more than remain. The kingdom of Sussex, cultivated by men of various kinds, received Wilfred the bishop wherever he went. He did many things that do not here concern me, and his chief work was to make the rich towns of the sea plain and of Chichester, and of Lewes, and of Arundel, and of the steadings of the weald, and of the weald and markets also, Christian men, for he showed them that it was a mean thing to go about in a hairy way like pagans, unacquainted with letters, and of imperfect ability in the making of raiment, or the getting of victuals. Indeed, as I have written in another place, it was St. Wilfrid who taught the king of Sussex and his men how to catch fish in nets. They revered him everywhere and when they had given up their shameful barbarism and decently accepted the rules of life and the religion of it, they pressed upon Saint Wilfrid that he should found a bishopric and that it should have a cathedral and a see, all of which things he had explained to them, and he did this on Selsey bill. But today the sea has swallowed it all. Time passed and the young man Cadwalla, still a very young man in the twenties, came to his own, and he sat on the throne that was rightfully his in Chichester, and he ruled all Sussex to its utmost boundaries, and he was the king of much more, as history shows. But all the while he proudly refused in his young man's heart the raiment and the manner of the thing which he had hated in his exile. Nor would he accept the Latin prayers, nor bow to the name of the Christian God. Cadwalla, still so young but now a king, thought it shameful that he should rule no more than the empire God had given him, and he was filled with a longing to cross the sea and to conquer new land. Wherefore, whether well or ill-advised, he set out to cross the sea and to conquer the Isle of Wight, of which story said that White, the hero had established in his kingdom there in the old time before writing was, and when there were only songs. So Cadwalla and his fighting men, they landed in that island, and they fought against the many inhabitants of it, and they subdued it, but in these battles Cadwalla was wounded. It happened that the king of the island, whose name was Atwald, had two heirs, youths whom it was pitifully hoped this conqueror would spare, for they fled up the water to stone him. But a monk who served God by the fort of Reeds, which is near Hampton at the head of the water, hearing that King Cadwalla, who was recovering of wounds he had had in the war with the men of white, had heard of the youth's hiding-place and had determined to kill them, sought the king and begged him at least they might be instructed in the faith before they died, saying to him, King, though you are not of the faith, that is no reason that you should deprive others of such a gift. Let me therefore see that these young men are instructed and baptised, after which you may exercise your cruel will. And Kedwalla assented. These lads, therefore, were taken to a holy place up on Itchen, where they were instructed in the truths and the mysteries of religion. And while this so went forward, Kedwalla would ask from time to time whether they were yet Christians. At last they had received all the knowledge the holy men could give them, and they were baptized. When they were so received into the fold, Cadwalla would wait no longer but had them slain. And it is said that they went to death joyfully, thinking it to be no more than the gate of immortality. After such deeds Cadwalla still reigned over the kingdom of Sussex and his other kingdoms, nor did he by speech or manner give the rich or poor about him to understand whether anything was passing in his heart. But while they sang mass in the Cathedral of Selsey, AND WHILE THE NEWCOMERS STILL CAME, NOW MORE RARELY, FOR NEARLY ALL WERE ENROLLED, WHILE THE NEWCOMERS CAME, I SAY, IN THEIR LAST NUMBERS FROM THE REMOTEST PARTS OF THE FOREST RIDGE AND FROM THE loneliest COMBS OF THE DOWNS, TO HEAR OF CHRIST AND HIS CROSS AND HIS RESURRECTION AND SALVATION OF MEN, CADWALLA SAT IN CHICHESTER AND CONSULTED HIS OWN HEART ONLY, AND WAS A PAGAN KING no one else you may say in all the land so kept himself apart his youth had been thus spent and he thus ruled when as his thirtieth year approached he gave forth a decision to his nobles and to his earls and to the welsh speaking men and to the seafaring men and to the priests and to all his people he said i will take ship and i will go over the seat of rome where i may worship at the tombs of the blessed apostles and there I will be baptized. But since I am a king, no one but the Pope shall baptize me. I will do penance for my sins, I will lift up my eyes to things worthy of man, I will put behind me what was dear to me, and I will accept that which is to come. And as they could not alter Cadwalla in any of his previous decisions, so they could not alter him in this. But his people gave gladly for the furnishing of his journey, and all the sheep of the downs and the fleece, and all the wheat in the clay-steadings of the weald, and a little vineyards in the priests' gardens that looked toward the sea, and the fishermen, and every sort in Sussex that sail or plough or clip or tend sheep or reap or forge iron at the hammer-ponds, gave of what they had to King Cadwalla. So that he went forth with a good retinue and many provisions upon his journey to the tombs of the Apostles. When King Cadwalla came to Rome, the Pope received him, and said, I hear that you would be instructed in the faith, to which King Cadwalla answered that such was his desire, and that he would crave baptism at the hands of the said Pope. And meanwhile Cadwalla took up his good lodgings in Rome, gave money to the poor, and showed himself abroad as one who had come from the ends of the earth, that is, from the kingdom of Sussex, which in those days was not yet famous. Cadwalla, now being thirty years old, and having learnt what one should learn in order to receive baptism, was baptized, and they put a white robe on him, which he was to wear for certain days. King Cadwalla, when he was thus made one with the unity of Christian men, was very glad. But he also said that before he had lost that white robe so given him, death would come and take him. Though he was a young man and a warrior, and that not in battle. He was certain it was so. And so indeed he came about, for within the limit of days during which ritual demanded that the king should wear his white garment, nay, within that same week, he died. So those boys who had found death at his hands, had died after baptism up on Lichen in Gwent, when Cadwalla the king had journeyed out of Sussex to conquer, and to hold the white with his spear and with his sword and his shield, and his captains, and his armoured men. Now that you have done reading this story, you may think that I have made it up, or that it is a legend, or that it comes out of some story teller's book. Learn, therefore, that it is plain history, like the Battle of Waterloo, or the licensing bill, differing from the Chronicle only in this, that I have put living words into the mouths of men, and be assured that, the history of england is a very wonderful thing the end of chapter 15